Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is episode 33 of the Arts Academy podcast with Victor Bernardo and Roxy Hayes. How to get a grant as an artist with special guest Leslie Ware. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce, introduce you to our very special guest who's going to talk to us about how to get a grant uh, if you're an artist. Uh, her name is Leslie Ware. She's the author of four books, soon to be six books. Is that correct? Uh, five, but I'll take six. <laughs> I'm sorry, soon to, be, soon to be five books. Soon to be five books. Uh, and uh, she is fantastic. She's also my wife. Please put your hands together for <laughs> Leslie Ware. Hi. Thank you so much for having me back again. I'm Jeez. happy to have you back, Leslie. You're the okay. bee's knees. Aw. That was very sweet. Thank you. I think. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a good, it's a term from the 40s, I think. The bee's knees. Anyway, uh, Leslie. Uh, you have uh, been working as an artist for a while, and you fo your focus generally is on uh, fashion and fashion education. Is that correct? Yes. Great. Yep. And so as an artist, you're very much in the fashion and craft space. Uh, now, I know that when you started out, you probably didn't know anything about getting a grant. So how did you go from zero to getting your first grant? So maybe you don't know this about me or maybe you forgot, but I did know a lot about getting grants before I got my first grant because my first job out of out of graduate school was at the Kellogg Foundation in Battle Creek, Michigan. So at the time, I guess this was in 2000, Three two thousand four. Um, the Kellogg Foundation was the sixth largest foundation in the country, and so um, my one of my professors. This is a long story. I'll make it really short. Was Thank like you. at this um, conference, and there was this man talking, and he was like, "The future of the nonprofit sector needs these eight things." And she immediately thought of me because I was like in one of her classes. And I think he said something about women and diversity and I don't know what the other things were, but she waited in line to talk to him. And she said, you have to meet Leslie Williams. And so I was actually doing another um, internship in DC at the National Science Foundation. And that was like my first time finding out what a foundation was. And so when I came back from DC, that's, I went to meet at the Kellogg Foundation and for some reason they were like, we're going to hire her. And I didn't like know a lot about foundations really except for, for what I learned in that summer internship. And so I, I worked there for two years and I got to make grants. I got to at 20, I was 23 years old. Like I had like my own little portfolio of grants um, 
that were youth serving nonprofits across the country. And I got to decide with like a panel um, of other funders who, which programs got funding. And so, so that was how I like. Actually, so you actually were reading people's grant proposals. Yes. So I was reading, that was my job was to just sit and read proposals. And then um, I did that job for two years and it was such a resource rich environment to have your first job, you know, be like giving away money that I wanted to continue doing it. And so I left the Kellogg Foundation and I moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to work at a smaller community-based um, foundation called the Forbes Funds. And so there I did the same type of work, but the work I was doing there was more around capacity building of nonprofits. So helping them to do the work that they do better by making their infrastructure stronger. So I was making grants around that. Um, and then I worked there for two years and I was like, oh my God, like I'm giving all this money to nonprofits, but I've never really worked at a nonprofit. And so that was how I actually got to New York because I applied for the job at the Girl Scout National Office. And so I actually ended up giving out grants there too, but the grants are going to Girl Scout councils who were doing certain programs. So it was uh, interesting because I was like working in a nonprofit, but still in a grant making capacity. Uh -huh. But it was like a more like it felt like a good fit because like I wasn't saying you should do all these things. And then like not necessarily having the experience of being in a nonprofit. So that was like my like introduction to grants was like my first three jobs. And so that's why it was like sort of uncomfortable for me when I started to look for grants because like. I want to give away money. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to ask for it. So it's been like um, kind of like a shift in mindset to, to do this, but it's been really, really good. I think because I know how to write a grant and I know what funders are looking for because I was a funder. Well, what are the answer to those questions? Like how do you write a grant and what are funders looking for? So I would say um, so there's like a bunch of different types of grants. I, well, I like to think of many different things as grants. So there's like the traditional grant that you get when, you know, say someone's giving away $10,000 to a program to like cover programming costs. But then there's also other things, again, that fall under this like grant umbrella, in my opinion, like residencies. So that's like space that artists can get. Um, and sometimes those residents come with like a grant. So you would get a stipend for living. There's fellowships um, that you can get to do research. And it doesn't have to be necessarily like academic research, but you can apply for a fellowship. There's also exhibition grants out there. And mostly like museums and galleries would apply for that. But also if you're like interested in curating some sort of group of work or like exploring a topic in art, you could apply for an exhibition grant. And then there's like scholarships. Um, I received over the last couple of years, lots of scholarships. Like last year, I went to the folk school in Brasstown, North Carolina, 
uh, which was a lot of fun, but really scary because I was the only black person there oh, for a week. For <laughs> like two hundred. In North people. Carolina, every time I walked in the downtown, they were like, "Oh my gosh, she's here!" And everybody wanted to sit with me and talk to me. Um, but it was great. Like I learned how to ankle weave, um, and that was like completely paid for. So it was a twelve hundred dollar. Um, opportunity and all I had to do was like get my plane ticket to get there and I like stayed in this cute little cabin and learned a new thing. So I consider like all those different things to be like forms of grants. I um, totally get it. I mean just to reiterate like you're talking about some grants are money, some grants are uh, some grants are services, some grants are resources, some grants are like exhibitions or travel. Like there's a a lot of different things that fall under the categories of grants. Right? Yeah, there's so much out there and you just don't know if you don't ask or if you don't try. And I think just like with the SBA loan application, a lot of people get intimidated because you feel like you need a grant writer or you have to like write this perfect thing. But if you have like a good idea, like I say, just go ahead and apply for it. Even if you get rejected the first time you apply like you can sometimes even ask the grant maker like hey what did i do wrong like what should i do if i apply again next year and they really appreciate the effort on your end of like trying to do a better job and like be more competitive um so uh if you if you could if you were say a person like who plays the tambourine okay uh, your name is tammy play tambourine all the time and you're like i want to become the very best tambourine player uh possible i need to figure out how to get out there and get some resources which could be anything what would your first step be when you sit your butt down at google I I mean, to google not at google at what google to google sit your butt down to you're sitting down okay. on your computer you're at the google site what are you what is your first move? Tammy's first move should be to subscribe to the Tambourine Journal or whatever the trade publication is for tambourine players. So for example, when I worked in philanthropy, I always read the Chronicle of Philanthropy because I wanted to know what was happening in my industry. Now, as a fashion person, I religiously, and I've been slipping since like COVID, read the style section in the New York Times. Because I think the best thing you can do is just like be like at the um, forefront of your industry and like know what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, so I need to go to the bodega and get a New York Times because today is Thursday. Um, so I can read the style section or you can read it online, but she should be subscribing. She should also be on like whatever grant making for artists newsletter is in her community. So like if you're in New York, like I know I look to LMCC, which is the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council to get news about grants. Um, I also subscribe to NIFA, um, which is another like hub of information for artists in New York. Um, there's also- NIFA.org. Yeah, NIFA.org. Um, LMCC.org. There's also Citizens Committee for New York City, which I've gotten uh, three or four grants from them over the past couple of years because they have like community grants. So if Tammy, the tambourine player, has like an idea for teaching kids like 
how to play the tambourine in her neighborhood, she could apply for like up to $5,000 from Citizens Committee for New York City to do like a tambourine summer program. So um, I think getting like, like following or um, subscribing to like whatever her trade publication is, and then just like really plugging in to those resources that are local in her community to find out like what the funding opportunities are for artists. And then there's also a national um, database of grants called the Foundation Center. And they used to have like a, like a, a place, to, like um, a building, an office, that's the word I'm looking for. I haven't been into an office in so long. Um, they used to have an office downtown New York, like in lower Manhattan, where you could go in and like search the database, but like also everything is online. So at Foundation Center, you can find grants for left-handed people. And just like every grant is listed at the Foundation Center. So that's like another thing that she should do. And then also just looking at like affinity organizations that are related to who you are that are national. So like I'm on a list right now that's like all about like um, black women with small businesses. And so they're always sending out every week, like different um, grants and opportunities. So just like really, I would say um, looking locally and nationally for organizations that kind of support the kind of work that Tammy is doing. And then she needs to start building some relationships. Um, I would also throw in a submittable which is a website which gathers not just grants, but also opportunities for publication, but part of just things that you can submit to, uh, whatever it is, they can list themselves on submittable. Some of them are grants, some of them are other things, but it just, it's just a resource that people can use. And, and so, when you get a grant, what kind of requirements do people have? Like, do they say, okay, we're giving you a grant, but you have to wear yellow every day? I mean, I'm not would, sure that's not it, but what's what kind yeah, of- Yeah, no, I would love that challenge though. I wish <laughs> I could get that grant. <laughs> um, so there are costs for compliance and that's like the thing that you, that's a really great question to even ask out front before you get a grant. A lot of, um, funders want to see a report. So, um, and then like, I've also gotten like some residencies and like other things where there were no requirements, but I just like always follow up with like, these are pictures or this is the write-up that I got. Just so again, you're like building those relationships so that they'll continue to work with you. But in those reports, you usually have to provide um, some quantitative data about like how many people were served um, a lot of times and this is just me like from being a funder like I know to do this like you want to do a pre and a post survey so if Tammy the tambourine player is like working with a group of 15 kids from her community she should be the first day be like okay how many of you guys already know how to play the tambourine how many people like what do you want to learn like just kind of do like kind of a broad um survey and then survey those kids at the end of the program because what funders are most interested in is seeing like the transformative change or like what the impact of the grant was. So if you can like capture 
all of those things, like qualitative things are great, like photos, just anything that they can use in their um, annual reports, in their board meetings, as they're talking to other stakeholders to help them build their program and get like more resources to the community. It's just like always great to include those in the in your closing report. Also the budget, like they're gonna want to know, you know, what you spent and like if there was money left over, like sometimes, you know, it's unrestricted and you can use it however you want to. So I would say like hang on to like all your receipts so that you're giving them like a nice, like clean report of like what happened during your program at the end, because then that means you'll be more likely to get funded. They'll also be curious to know like if you were able to leverage the money and work with other funders, because a lot of times like once you get one grant, you can like get another grant because like funders like it when you're like, when they're not the only one funding it. So um, if you were able to leverage the grant in any way, like they'll also want to see that. So just like really hang on to like the numbers, any like antidotes, um, your receipts, and just like anything about the program that would be of interest. But usually grants will come with like, this is what you need to do at the end. And it's mostly like reporting those things back to them within a certain time frame. And I'm assuming the sometimes the recommendations are different for different people. I mean, I know you're you're working on a program now where like the people that involve like there's a there's a, a geographic need like they want they want people from a certain area involved in it, like, right. as as, like people who are participating or benefiting from the grant that you're getting. Yeah. So grant like usually um, grant makers like. So Kellogg was like a national foundation and even international. So they had like communities in like, you know, Africa and like South America and different places around the world that they serve. And so like we had like a very broad scope, but then the foundation who I spoke with yesterday, they only work in one region. So they said like, we are very interested in this project, but we can only fund girls who live in this particular community of the United States. And so to make that this program a national program, which is what I'd like to do, I'm going to have to find other funders to like do it. So yes, um, there are restrictions to like what foundations will fund depending on like what kind of foundation they are. Right. Awesome. Well, that's all great information. Uh, if anybody has any questions or is listening and has a question, now's the time to write your question into the comments. But other than that, we are about to wrap it up. But uh, before we do, I would like to tell everybody else out there that uh, every two weeks, uh, if you're part of the students of the Alt Arts Academy group, then you can uh, get a free live workshop that's taught uh, every two weeks. I believe the next workshop, uh, I forgot, what's the topic? Do we know what the topic of the workshop coming up is? No, we don't. No. But it's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, I was gonna two weeks ago, uh, it was about essay writing or how to write an essay and how to get published. Uh, mm -hmm. Before that, uh, we had how to produce a podcast remotely, similar to what we're doing right now. Before that, we had how to make a web series. So it's always something that, uh, 
aspiring artists can use. So uh, please follow us at Alt Arts Academy. Uh, sorry, Alt Arts Academy on all social media, the Arts Academy podcast. Uh, the wait, I forget, wait, which one is? We have so many. We have Arts Academy podcast, and that's where you can listen to all of the audio versions of the podcast. And then if you go to altartsacademy.com, that is the website that includes the podcast and all other information pertaining to the school. Thank you, Deputy Head. (laughs) I did something today. Anyway, uh, that's the show for today or the class for today. Uh, This is a real class. This is not something I'm pretending that is a class. It's a very real school, not something that I made up. All right. Anyway, thanks, everybody. We'll see you later. Goodbye to Leslie Ware. Oh, I wanted to say one more thing. Yes. Okay. I was just going to say, also, if you see something like a grant that pertains to someone else, that doesn't fit you, like send it to them. Like I think the only way people are going to know about grants are like through opportunities like this. So you sharing about like the SBA loan and like like you just have to like forward stuff to get it out there to your I friends. Absolutely agree mm-hmm. with that. I think share that the knowledge. In yep. the entertainment world, people hoard information way too much. People should share information. It does not create competition for you. Share, mm-hmm. share, share information. That is what uh, Art Alt Arts Academy is all about. Leslie, where can people find you online? I'm sorry, I have one more question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I've been looking at grants during this whole thing. Um, a lot of them are asking for like a biography. Would you suggest writing a biography in the first or third person? I know that. Ooh, I would, get, uh, what are you gonna say, third? I would say third person because you can get more use out of it. Gotcha. Because, and not only that, it it distance, distances you just a little bit so it doesn't sound like you're bragging as much. Gotcha. All right. Makes and, sense. Yeah, I would say third person. Okay. Um, Leslie, where can people find you online? At Creative Cookie. And Great. the website is thecreativecookie.com. At Creative Cookie and the website is thecreativecookie.com. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we're taking off. Make sure to visit us at artsacademypodcast.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.